When you're a jet, you're a jet All the way from your first cigarette To your last dying day When you're a jet, let them do what they can You've got brothers around, you're a family man You're never alone, you're never disconnected You're home with your own Companies expected, you're well protected Then you are set with a capital J Which you'll never forget till they cart you away When you're a jet, you stay a jet This is Peter Barnes and you're listening to the NYJ Couch Couch Podcast Welcome, everybody, to the New York Jets Couch Couch Podcast. This is your host, Peter Antonelli, here with my co-host, Justin Schwendeman. What's going on, Jet fans? Producer and editor in the background, David Schwendeman. 2-0. 2-0. and 2-0. I can't say I called it. You said we'd come home with the W, and we did. I was getting more and more confident as the days grew closer. Them getting knocked out with corners, just an overall feel of the game. But Luck wasn't so lucky, was it? You said it from the jump. This D's humming. That's this right. Humming. Let's go, Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams. Leonard baby. Williams. All right. All right. That's not the Revis the first that's coming to mind after that win. Yeah, but Revis had right. a great game. Let's tie up a couple loose ends before we get into the game, though. Got lucky again with an injury. Eric Decker, week to week, sprained knee. They were talking PCL last night, and the way he went down and it sounded, it's uh, again. Got lucky. It's like it's like thankful for sprained it. knee is like the sickness going around the locker room. What I'll take that on? over torn. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll take, take a, that I'll over take a torn. little sickness over a fever or something like that. Let's Another go. leg injury wide receiver as well, Chris Owusu. And that, that impacts special teams a bit with, with kick return. I can see Bilal Powell going back there and Stacy being his other deep guy protecting. But Owusu out a week or two. Decca, let's call it a week or two. You never know. Crow came back, which we're about to get to, whether you agree or disagree, for the next game. Makes sense that the Jets worked out six wide receivers today, one of which Terrell Pryor and Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer sources 4-2 and 4-3-40 for us. Now, I know we, we at least I kind of, oh, yeah, 40's a 40, you know, whatever. But at his size and his speed, it's almost worth the flyer of a roster spot and you groom him for 2016. Something you're interested in or no? Yeah, totally. I'd be interested in any, getting any playmaker on this team right now. I think we're looking good. I think anybody that anybody can help. Any kind of playmaker can help, especially for the future. Especially in a Todd Bowles uh, team that he's, he's young. And, and we just get some talent on the team. I like talent on the team. Got no problem with it. Kid made Cleveland's 53 for about 24 or 48 hours. And then I would assume positional groups or need next player. He was the one that shook free. He's worked out with Seattle. He's had a couple, but the kid ran 4-2, 4-3 in front of us. He made the type of impression that if you're bringing him in with any type of serious interest, that's going to open your eyes. Corey Washington, formerly of the Giants, another 6-5 guy with decent speed. You can see what they want at the receiver position, whether it's outside the numbers, inside the numbers. We talked about Curly getting lost here in the shuffle and... Bowles, McCagnan, size, speed is is at a premium for them at that position is is what the tea leaves read here. I told you what I saw at the game. I saw Curly go back for a punt, get the fair catch, literally put the ball at his feet and walk slowly off the sideline like, let me get the bench before the defensive player takes my spot on the bench. 
Like, it's just kind of sad. I say if he wants to be traded, trade him. Just get him off this team. You don't cut bait right now. We're a 2-0 football team. We got a little mojo going. We got a little confidence going. We've, we've praised our depth time and time again. You don't just get rid of a Jeremy Curley to get rid of him. Because as we said with D. Milner, you're getting pennies on the dollar. And with his contract number, having to move that, you're obviously taking the hit now. But another team is taking on $4 million. So that's a commitment into 2016 to, to that ball club that would be spending an asset. I'm not saying he's a bad teammate in any way. I, I, I think I don't want us to do him dirty. Obviously, we are doing him dirty right now. I agree they, with that. They, don't, they obviously do not like Jeremy Curley. I think Jeremy Curley just is no spot on this offense or this team for him that they want. I think they're just using him at, at his best quality that they need a player at right now. And once they have a better player at the, in their mind, a better player there, I think Curly won't be playing at all. Perfect lead in there. Bowles had two telling quotes. If I need him, we have a lot of good players. When asked if he'd be getting an increased role with Decker going down, when, if I need him, we have a lot of good players. It, it's kind of telling you don't hold your breath to see that. And there are guys in this team playing better. And he got hurt. It's this was OTAs. We're talking about a day in camp. It's a convenient excuse to have it, not to try to just say it's an excuse. But I almost want to side with you here. It's it's beginning to seem a little personal. Yeah, this seems very personal. I I I think they're doing them dirty coaching wise. Um, I don't, I'm not hating on the coaches. I think they're doing a great job with two and zero. We're winning games. The team looks good. But with the Curly situation, I'm very upset with that. Um, I thought Curly was going to be a big part of this offense, and obviously he's not. What could it be benefiting, though, proving a point with Jeremy Curley, a guy that from the outside looking in, as you just alluded to, good teammate, always been a good good guy on the field, good interview off the field, you know, a little quiet, but that's, yeah. that's, that's his personality. I just don't. I can't see a Jeremy Curley just bragging in the locker room or walking around like like his shit don't stink. I can't see it. Yeah, I don't. I, can't I, see I am like boggled. I'm boggled. I have no idea what the issue is. I, I think that he he played his heart out for the since he's been a Jet, and and I think he's done a great job here. And I think he's a good player, and he's got he's got talent. I don't. I have no idea why we're not seeing any of him on the offensive side of the ball. I think in this 2015 season. And I hope he's here if and when the time comes. I think in this 2015 season, we're going to need Jeremy Curley at some point. And I'm hoping it's one of those feel-good stories of, you know, a bounce back. Bowles has said he's handled it like a man. But the fact that Bowles has to say he's handled it like a man tells you that there's something to handle. And we all see it. It's, 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 it's almost blatant at this point. It's like handling, handling his consequences it, or whatever he's doing to him. It's just... It's hard to wrap your head around because of the contributions Curly gave us in 2013, 2014. And as a fan base, we like him. But at 2-0, same exact situation as where we're heading right now. Ryan's our starting quarterback right now. Gino needs to know that. As we go, Ryan's our quarterback. Bowles was asked uh, what the quarterback situation would be when Gino gets healthy. The ship is sailing in a good direction. He's not altering course. That's the best way to answer that question. Quarterback not issue course. in New York. Quarterback issue in New York. Snuff it out. When's the last time you heard a coach talk about that? That's what I'm snuff it out immediately. That is and he great handled himself stuff. well in another situation right there. 
But I just the I don't think, shepherd in him, bro. I don't think this guy is going to bend on his beliefs for nobody right now. And and he was a player. I think that holds a lot of weight in having that mindset. He's been in every situation you can think of on the field. He knows what it's like to be that backup. He knows what it's like to be the starter. So I just think I think Bowles has a very good demeanor about him. And as a player said, he's, he doesn't demand respect. He's commanding it. You, you, you can't not respect the way the man handles himself. I, I was telling you earlier that, uh, that I, as the weeks go on, we, we see more interviews. We see more on the field, um, him mic'd up on the field and, 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 and after the game speeches, locker room speeches and halftime speeches and stuff like that. He's gotten better in two weeks. He's gotten better. I already enjoy listening to him with the players. And I think the players are enjoying him too. I, th- I think that, that he's a good coach. He's a military kind of guy, but they, they know that they're held accountable as well as they're out there just win. That's what Bulls is out there do, to win games. Sounded silly when I brought it up in the preseason, but I talked a little bit about coaching progressing in the preseason and where we were to, to where we got to by the end of it. Practice makes perfect. The guys, he, he had a couple under his belt from Miami, but the guy's learning on the job as well. Not that he's underqualified. He was overqualified. You ask guys like Bruce Arians around the league. And it's, it's, it's truly showing. The, the team is prepared. The team doesn't have the mental mistakes that we've dealt with time and time again the last couple of years. Uh, that being said, let's get into this Colt game. Yeah, baby. What a great game. What a great game. We dominated. We won 20-7. to And we Dominated. Dominated. That game should have been out of hand. And you cannot, cannot let a good team hang around like that. Our defense bailed us out. Our offense had a beautiful answer. When they came down and got the seven, it was gut check time. We went down and took That's that right. seven back. But our defense played lights out last lights night. Lights out. Defensive line played amazing. Outside linebackers played amazing. Safety play. Cornerback player. We got, it, we got it down the board. We yeah. really did. David Harris. It's crazy. We were hoping to see Devin Smith's debut. And luckily, we gave him another week. We let him get healthy. We may need him with two receivers down going into Philly. But what did you think about Crow playing? I got to tell you, I didn't agree with it. Crow got beat for the touchdown, but that was a beautiful jerk route by Dante Moncrief. Gilchrist took a terrible angle. It is what it is. Moncrief's going to be a player. I just want to throw that out. Good there. receiver. He, yeah, he looks Good pretty receiver. strong, big, fast. He 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 looks like a beast. But yeah, Crow playing. I I didn't have a huge issue with it. I think that Bowles wanted to throw Luck everything we got at our top at the at the best position, especially what he, we're going to see he Luck at the a, most. Said he had a man to man sit down. And, Cromartie told him he can go. And 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 Cromartie looked fine. He looked fine. He obviously had that one, just like you said, that one touchdown. But then at towards the end of the game, he broke up that one play that mm-hmm. that he just can't, everybody's. I'm here. I'm here. I did fine. Oh yeah, he My showed knee it. is fine. I thought he was going to come down with that too. That would have been some one handed oh, grab. That's right. That's right. I, I, to be honest, I didn't want to see Crow out there. I, pre-game, I had this this picture of D. Mill in the last year with Green Bay, and I really think that that ruined him because he had no business being out there. When you have the depth we have on this team, I prefer to to side on give him an extra week. But there's only 16 of these, and Bowles told us from the get he's here to win now. That's right. So if what you view as one of your top corners and one of the top corners in the game tells you he can go, he's going. And you're not wrong. 
He really didn't look out of place. Guy who balled out, though. Gruden's grinder. Bust his screen. Oh, my goodness, man. This kid is so... He's a hustler, man. He is a hustler. Not only is he a hustler, but like when, when he wants to get to a point where he wants to get to the quarterback, he's getting there. He's getting there as quick as possible. He's got the quickest he, feet like you told he me. He described that... Uh, described... He disguised that blitz beautifully, caused the pressure on the play where Doosable gets the chip, Copels is, is chucking on the other side, and Pryor comes down with it. He disguised that. It was, it was very, very well executed on his end. I think he had uh, eight tackles, maybe ten tackles, somewhere in there. He, he was all over the field, man. They had to, Obviously, they were going to him the most because Revis was out there, and obviously Crow was doing a pretty good job. So I think Buster Screen had a lot of work to be done yesterday. But, oh my goodness, man. Buster Screen is such a feisty player. I love it. Watching the game with one of our top listeners, Giovanni Garcia, out there. And he says, when Buster jumped on the back, he jumped from about four yards away. He said, this kid is putting together a personal highlight reel in one game. It was his debut on Monday night, and he couldn't have showed out any more than he did. Big time. Hats Big off time. to him. And it's... It's been the type of enthusiasm and the type of play that he's brought since day one. Day one, McCagnan's first splash of that day, him and Carpenter. So, so far, so good. A couple more DBs that, that just, Gilchrist, solid. He's, That's he's the just, word, he's solid. I think he's one of the one of the biggest parts of the engine of our defense. I, th- I think he, he is a communicator. A he lot. is the big communicator on our defense, especially for the D-backs. Because we already know Revis knows what he's doing. He's a quiet cat. Cromartie knows what he's doing, another quiet cat on the field. But I think that, that Marcus Gilchrist is telling everybody, this is what's going on, this is what's going on, you look out for it. this. Yeah, I love it. You I love his it. communication. He's the loudest one back there, I think. I, I, I love it. When they went behind Luck and you were seeing almost an all-22 look, you see him moving, you see him pointing. The guy seems to have gotten a decent grasp on the defense. And again, the word that just that just keeps coming to solid ball player right, right now. And he got a very pick. nice pick. Let's say very nice pick, pick man, on the that, sideline. That's a little bit more than solid. Uh, my Second bo- game of the season. That's a little bit more than solid right there. My boy Mike was a little disappointed though after after he makes that pick. How do you drop the first one? Now we yeah, get, I know two. it ended the drive, but that would have been some momentum swinger. You think Luck not to not to get off topic here? You think Luck trusts his arm a little too much? No, I think that he was just under a lot of pressure, and he didn't really. He was trying to make plays and under a lot of pressure, crazy pressure, yeah, ridiculous yep. pressure. We get to that in a second. I just, <laughs> I, I just want. He was under a lot of pressure. I think Luck's a great quarterback, and he's going to be a great quarterback. I, I think he was just under a lot of pressure, trying to make throws. He couldn't make the yesterday. Our defense is too good, so I, I don't think I don't think he isn't trusting his arm more. No, I think he's he trusts himself. He's confident, and he should be. He's a good quarterback. That play where we're describing here with screen with the blitz, doozable, drops from the three technique, gets a beautiful hand on AJ as he goes across the field, knocks him off his route. On the other side, what I view as the number one read on the play, because luck goes right to left, Copels out there chucking. That's Mike, right, big body Copels. I Mikey love it. Brock, as, as we're watching the game, go let Copels do what he did best last year. Go let him play corner. And the guy made a beautiful play on that, getting a nice jam. I believe it was Philip Dorsett, the rookie out of Miami. Got a nice jam. You come across the field. Doosables dropping from DT. It was just a well-schemed, 
well-executed play, and Calvin Pryor gets his first pick on Monday Night Football against Andrew Luck. After that drop last year against Carr in his first ever game, if I told you you had to wait a whole year for your pick, I'd want it on Monday night against Andrew Luck. Yeah, I want it. Good for the kid. Congratulations, Calvin. Great pick. Great pick. Great start off the game in our in our in our favor. Mm-hmm. Silver was you here. Swing momentum our, immediately. Our man Silver was here talking about how these, we're going to get a turnover first, first, one of the first drives. And it happened. I called the turnover at the end of the game. But I thought it was going to be a strip sack. I called it at the end of the game, though. Speaking of end of the game, middle of the game, five turnovers, 10 total. We had 13 all the last year. When have we seen this before? I believe Phillip Adams against San Diego and Phillip Rivers was our first pick in like week five. Darrell Rivas had three yesterday. Insane. Had the fumble recovery in week one. The man is always around the ball. Always around. He's always around everywhere. The tackle, anything. He's always there. I missed that man the last two years. I couldn't be happier he came home. Let me let me say though, we've had great we've had pretty good defenses, right? In the last Absolutely. Right? When, when, when have we had a defense that actually gets the ball? I know. So much. My father brought that up. My father said to me that's Bowles' coaching. They attack the ball carriers differently this year. You look at the run with Luck before the half. David Harris, he was wrapped up. He was going down. Harris came in, and that his hand comes down on the cone. He went rip from the jump there. It's, it's nice to have a swarming defense that's going after the turnover. Oh, yeah, I see it. It, it, looks, it reminds me of a couple years ago when, uh, when uh, the Bears... Peanut Tillman was doing a lot of turnovers, a lot of mm-hmm. force fumbling. Yeah, that double defense, digits that year. That, that year was a big year for them on turnovers. And and the Seahawks, they turned the ball over a lot too. I I just think – and let me, let me talk about Arizona. When when Cromartie was there, they had a lot of turnovers as well. Todd Bowles? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that, so I just think that we haven't had a defense like that. And it's very nice to see you have 10 turnovers in two games. Pretty impressive. Absolutely. And – we're not taking into account that this defense is yet to get Sheldon Richardson. Muhammad Wilkerson, right now, through two weeks, got this from Connor Hughes, who we praise on here how many times. Number one ranked 3-4 defensive end per PFF. Now, again, I've knocked it here or there, but everybody talks about it. He's got an 11.5 ranking. Justin Tucker, surprise number two in yeah, front of J.J. Watt. I didn't know Watt. he was doing so well. Very surprised there, but to me, this the dynamic of this defense can just be taken to a whole nother level with Sheldon Richardson. Can, can we talk about the D-line a little bit? Absolutely. First of all, we already know Big Mo is is Big Mo. Mm-hmm. Like We already know what we nice expect Nice adjustment from him. by Bowles, by the way. Kicking him out. I believe it was Ray Lucas on postgame that brought it up. Kicking him out to DN. Because we were having a little trouble setting the edge early on, and they were getting us on the backside. He was playing some D-tackle yesterday, too. They Bowles, Bowles played a lot of four-man and moved some, moved some pieces around. Yeah, So, but I want to talk about the rookie. Oh, my goodness. He brought him he up was, in the first four seconds. Go he ahead. was absolutely disruptive in every play he could have been. Every play he was he's, disruptive. He's since they won. He, he, it just it, it it's so crazy that we went from Muhammad Wilkerson disruptive, mm-hmm. Sheldon Richardson disruptive, mm-hmm. now Leonard Rookie Williams, now Leonard Williams disruptive. It's absolutely insane. They're playing great. Leonard Williams is playing absolutely out of his mind, in my opinion. I think Damian Harrison is playing solid, and let me talk about Copels. Copels is playing well. 
I know we hated on him before season. Yeah, I won't but say well. I'll well. say okay. Because to me, Copel's job, Copel sets the edge well. To me, he's a he's a young Calvin Pace to what Calvin Pace's game is now. But I I we took Copel's to get after the passer. Yeah, I, I, he I had get the sack, when not... which terrible call. How else can he bring Andrew Luck down? Andrew Luck was throwing that ball with three guys hanging on him last and, night. And in the replay, he basically pulled him down by his jersey. It wasn't even by his neck. He initially hit it. Obviously, it's a lot going on. It's only three seconds to get back there. I'm pretty sure he can't be accurate every time. And then pulling the jersey down basically to bring him down, this shouldn't have been a penalty. Something Dave wanted brought up, and we were going there and then went into the D-line. How... How nice does that David Harris contract fit now? Oh my goodness. This guy the most looks solid. like a new man. He's a little bit quicker in coverage. Is it is it an older guy who put in the extra work knowing that this team's about to get a spark where we're trying to start over? Or has David Harris been a little more nicked up than we've been led on to believe? I don't know. I think it, I think his old man strength is, is coming into him right now. He he looks absolutely beastly, and he looks so strong. When you see him make contact, he's winning every battle. He is absolutely a tank right now he's in his a, career. He's a big part of a defense that everybody is, is talking about right now. So I hope we can keep it up. I really do because there ain't nothing better than a dominating defense. You will be in every game you play. David Harris and, and, and Revis back together from when they were rookies. Love it. They're that's, playing great. That's it. That's it. Let's get over to the offensive side. We ended with 101 yards on the ground. I believe it was 27 carries. And I'll chalk it up to injury, but Bilal Powell actually played a handful of snaps more than Chris Ivory last night. I think he had four receptions too. But to me, we had no run game. Yeah, man. No run game. Surprising. And the Colts, but, but the Colts did have eight in the box, consistently seven in the box. There were times you could see on a TV screen, and Marshall took advantage of it with the hand signal with Fitzpatrick that iced the game for the touchdown. Man, doesn't status. that remind you of somebody? Go ahead, that's your Don't moment. Remind that's you your somebody? moment. Go ahead, Braylon Edwards, baby, New bringing England. those two Patriots in with them. Yeah, that look that reminds me. But yeah. this dude right here is a different breed. Except somebody jumped on Marshall's back and he carried him. This in This is a different breed. Just that's like a, I said, he's a different I, I, breed, man. I'm quite excited that I decided to issue my apology post post uh, training camp because the man is just something we haven't had at receiver. In, I want to say forever, but in a long time at best. It's not his physical attributes. It's it's not his catching attributes. It's not his route running. It's how smart he is as a football player and knowing exactly what the quarterback needs for him to be successful. I think he's a, he's amazing wide receiver. Great veteran to have on this team. We're getting him at not physically his prime, but mentally his prime and enough in his peak physical condition that it could be the perfect concoction for Brandon Marshall. Let, let me tell you something else. Brandon Marshall is even better with Decker also being in a great state of mind. That's exactly where I was football. heading. Exactly football. Where I was They're heading. both very, very intelligent football players. Not for just wide receivers, for an offensive scheme. They know what's going on all throughout the all, all throughout the, their line of scrimmage, knowing whatever player is supposed to be doing, that's what makes an offense so good. Everybody's got to know what's going on. Everybody, the the wide receiver should know what the left tackle has his step has to be. And Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker are the perfect wide receivers in the NFL to know those to know that. And that spreads through not only a young wide receiver core, 
in terms of we're hoping Devin Smith is going to be the type of deep threat that's around for a long time. Yep. But even a Chris Owusu, you know, guys you're grooming, young Quincy. tight ends like Jason Morrow, who you've heard his his work ethic questioned a little bit the last year. Quincy, like you said, that spreads. That is, that's a good thing to have going through a positional group and through an offense. It really is. Where are the tight ends, though? Three targets for Anunwa, who I got this from Turn on the Jets and Joe Camposaro, and he is right. You got to consider Anunwa a tight end. He's listed as a receiver. Three targets, one catch for 27. Nice that came catch. last night. Very nice, nice catch. catch. First catch of his career. One target for Davis. I'm pretty sure we all can remember that week one. That was just a joke. He wasn't. He was out of his route. Not out of his route. That was that was embarrassing. To, to me, to me, Davis looks like he doesn't know what he's doing on passing downs. He's a good blocker, though. I think that that he plays well, especially on run blocking. He looked very good. Um, obviously, we didn't run the ball well, but he, he. I think he put up some good blocks. But again, he looks. He looks like he has nothing. He knows nothing going on when he's out there trying to catch a ball. And it may not be a surprise to some, maybe some may be happy about it, but Jeff Cumberland does not have a target on the 2015 season thus far. I apologize for talking about him in the offseason. Yeah, Mr. Ripped Up, love what he looked like. It's about when we put the helmet and shoulder pads on and let's get open. I should have stuck with my gut. I never liked the guy. Well, we got to get something out of our tight end group. Whether Galey wants to feature it or not, we have to get something out of our tight end group. We are getting very good production out of our one and two. You look at Decker and Marshall, you got 15 grabs for 189 yards. 198 yards, I'm sorry. They each have a touchdown. Is Fitzpatrick getting to a point, though, where he's going to start to focus in? Because you brought up pre-show the fact that he gets a little locked onto his receiver at times. Oh, my goodness, And I brought up pre-show... I use that triple coverage throw to Marshall where hats off, they get paid too. Apparently Bowles told him pregame they're going to make some plays tonight. He threw in a triple coverage though. Multiple Anunua, times. Anunwa was wide open on the, on the backside. And as you said, Decker was in front of him with his hands up. Yep. That was a pre-snap read. He felt he liked his matchup and he was going there. Now we're all praising Fitzpatrick and I couldn't be happier with the play thus far. But can you see the lack of production at tight end and those type of numbers out of our one and our two? Can you see that maybe being a little bit of an issue down the road? I, yeah, I, I could see him having problems. I, I can see him having problems with only having two receivers. And when they're, when they're finally locked down one week, what are we going to do? Um, I think that, I think that he, he plays well running down the field. But my problem is, is that he doesn't have that long ball accuracy. He he. Geno Smith has it. I'm not talking about Geno needs to come his, in because of that. His long ball is flat, but, and and it allows a, a corner to, to and, recover. It and does. and yesterday we saw him throw into triple coverage. I would say three, maybe four times. I can't say four down the down. The, I'm I'm going to say maybe four times down the field, which was every time he was down the field, it was inaccurate and with a lot of coverage. So there's not a lot of accuracy there. That's the I don't have a problem. He's playing great. He's getting it to our top receivers exactly what I want as a fan to get him to Decker and Marshall all day and run the ball with Chris Ivory. That's what he's that doing. That touchdown to Marshall seven, was a run play. Seven, seven catches for one, eight catches for another. That's great. That's great production. So I, I don't have anything to say bad about him. Obviously, 
I, I wish his long ball accuracy would improve. Now, the O-line, which allows you to get a long ball off, whether you like it or not, the O-line has been giving good pass protection. One. We struggled running the ball with the extra guy in the box, but a, a player showing some signs of his age and father time is undefeated, Debrickishaw Ferguson. It's getting to that time where we need to start thinking about grooming a replacement. Do you think he can be the type of liability long-term this year? Great leader, but you've seen it a couple times now, and you saw it in the preseason with a young defensive end outside linebacker and oh Vic goodness. Beasley. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to refresh your memory there. Are you a little alarmed with the signs that the brick is showing right now? Um, I, I'm a little alarmed for him. Um, I don't think he's a, he's a threat to hurt us this year. But you can definitely tell that he will give up some plays. And I'm willing to give up those plays because at the end of the day, he's been a solid player for us. And I'm going to respect him and, and let him play out the year. And he's he's a solid he's a solid uh, left he's tackle. He's a guy I'd bring back. He's I would a, bring back. Exactly. But you, you, you got to be ready because right now, well, we're not suiting up Ajilano on game day. Exactly. I'm not You're ready to switch. I am not him. even close to being... Like to switch with a left oh, yeah, tackle okay. right now, so I think the brick is fine. I don't think the brick is a liability. I think Le- the brick is definitely getting old. Yeah, we're starting to see how good he's been I, throughout his career based on some of the plays where he is getting beat right now. I, I just I hope that his next off season beefs him up a little bit. He looks a little skinny to me. Now before we wrap up, Indy, Todd Bowles to me made the type of head coaching move that really changed that game, and I gotta bring it up. Jets put up, put up seven. Luck's bringing them down the field. Second and two, they missed that offensive tackle in the end zone due to pressure by Mo by, by probably a half a yard. Bowles calls a timeout. My father always says, nobody uses their first half timeouts. You can't take them with you. I felt he settled down our defense. I, I really think that had a big difference in coming out, stopping them on third down, and Vinatieri, boink, off the field goal post. Great. Do you think Bowles... Has that read on Chip Kelly and is is has his his hands on that game the way that I feel he he had his hands on this indie game on Monday night? What I think about Bowles is I think he's an old school coach. So I think old school coaches are worrying about them. My boys need some break right now. We need to go out there and do something. That's what I was getting at with him playing the game. Exactly. So so he he is a he's about my players, about my team. We'll, we'll worry about us. I think the timeout was part of his old school like coaching style. Well, I, I just think it was him really showing a pulse of his defense and a, a pulse of that game. I think playing Philly, you, you got to be ready for that up-tempo. And it's a, it's a different type of game in terms of the ins and outs of their defense was just on the field for 15 minutes. We go three and out here. He, he's making our play calls on defense. I just think we got a chance to go punch for punch head coach-wise with Chip Kelly. I think we can come out on top. I know none of us thought we'd be sitting 3-0, and but what do you see this week? What's your call? I see another win. 21-13, us. 21-13? I'm going to say 24-13. Ooh, that's a lot of points right there. Till next week, Jeff fans. Let's get one. Have a great week, Jeff fans.